Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Here we are, season two, episode one, coming to you live from the great Vandy's. Vandy's at Great, great life. life. So if you have not been out here yet, you should come check it out if you're here in Salina. They have done an amazing, amazing renovation to this place. I can't believe it's the same place. It doesn't even look like the same place, and it could be that they have maybe one of the better outside seating areas that you can set out and visit and things in the evenings. Tuesday night, they have specials that they run every Tuesday, $2 drinks, you call them. And uh, always busy on Thursday night, which is the night we're at. We're here tonight on a Thursday night. And uh, and a lot of fun out here, and a lot of guys come out here and hang out. And they're kind of looking at us, wondering what we're doing. But yeah. hopefully we'll do this a few times, and I, they'll figure out that what we're what we're trying to uh, do with this project. I think a lot of these guys don't know what a podcast is. I've had to explain that a few times. So we'll, we're going to introduce them to some technology. But, uh, yeah, in about an hour here, we got the Chiefs kicking off this, the NFL season. Think they're going to make it back to the Super Bowl this year? I think year? they will. I, I think they have a pretty good shot at it. You know, as long as they play the whole season, get everything done, I think they've got to go to chances anybody. Their defense is going to probably improve, and as long as you have Patrick McHolmes, you're right in there. You know, it's interesting uh, in our – I don't want to say in our lifetime because that, that's a long time, but I don't know that I remember a team winning a Super Bowl that had as many of those major parts coming back for that next year. I mean, they literally have, they have not lost anybody. Back. Right. And probably upgraded in some positions like running was, back. There was a team or two that I thought was better than them last year at points in the season. I thought Baltimore was awful good and could still be awful good, and I'm sure that their fans probably think they're going to be in it. And, of course, if you talk to a few guys like Travis Sanders, you'd say the Dallas Cowboys are going to be right in there. Yeah, but they say that every <laughs> That's year. That's a few guys. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, so it's been a couple months since the last podcast. Uh, what have you been up to, Phil? What, what's been going on in your world? The truth is I have practically moved to the lake for the last uh, – since we've been together last, I've probably been at the lake every weekend, um, sort of a lake person. Don't know if I'm going to jump right into my story of the week. Mind if I do that? Just go ahead sure, and jump on it. My it. story of the week would be lake people are uh, – big fans of trump and and so i've been a part of a trump parade uh at uh, at grand lake in oklahoma and then this past weekend over labor day there was lakes all over the united states that did uh huge parades and it wasn't really so much a political movement as it was hey let's support the side that they believe you know they supporting supporting trump but also supporting police and things like that yep and uh and thousands upon thousands came together. There was at Lake uh, Travis, which is down in Austin, Texas, they had a boat party of several thousand. Five boats sunk because they didn't have enough sense in that. Texas <laughs> to uh, go at no wake speed. Uh, in Lake Lanier in Georgia, they had over 3,000 boats. Um, 2,000 boats at Lake Eufaula in I Oklahoma. Think Lake Travis gets some pretty decent-sized boats on and they, that they're, they're big boats. So it's, it's I'm this, guessing there's some small well, ones. Well, there, there was a story that said there was 60-foot yachts alongside 8-foot yeah. yachts, which let me tell you yeah. a story. I have a 28-foot boat. Uh, a 60-footer will sink me in about two seconds if you're running fast. Me and Lisa actually went down the uh, lake about, 
a mile in in our parade and pulled out because it got so rough that I said, hey, we've got kids on the boat. I'm afraid I'm going to sink us. So, uh, so you know, the support as far as boaters go, is, it, it leans one way, and uh, it's kind of fun to be involved in some of it. But but that's where I've spent the last probably since since I've seen you last, and me and Kevin haven't hardly seen each other since we did our last podcast. Nope. But I've spent uh, most weekends at the lake, and I wonder, did uh, – did you end up spending the rest of your summer at softball fields? We uh, we did spend a lot of time at the softball fields. That's been over. Um, last tournament was a success. Uh, the girls decided it was time to play some softball and went to a one-day tournament in Manhattan and took first place and run-ruled every team we played in bracket. So they decided to, to start Ooh, playing. Boy, but, you uh, sound like the Asher Indians. <laughs> we didn't get what did we get. We got about four and a half minutes into this before Asher got brought up. So that's a new record. All right. So, well, no, Good job, girls. Something else I've been doing that's been interesting. So I, don't, I think I saw an ad on Facebook maybe that kicked this off, but I thought, you know what? I've got all my old baseball cards. Yeah. I haven't gone through them in years, see if there's anything worth any money. I haven't looked at prices of baseball. I mean, I know, obviously, nobody collects them anymore. Very few people do. thought maybe there's something in there worth some money. So I started going through those and pulled some out that have some decent value. But I saw something in there that I wanted to give you. It's not worth very much, so I'm not giving you anything that you're going to have to report for taxes or anything like that. But I came across a card here that I wanted to give to you. This is the uh, Derek Jeter 1994 Upper Deck Collector's Choice Rookie Card. Oh, boy, a rookie card. You would appreciate that more than I would. So good. So you have some old cards from back in the 90s then. Oh, I got cards. I started collecting in 84. So I've got cards from 84 to probably about 95, I would say, before I really stopped collecting. Well, I I had a cousin at one point that uh, collected cards. And uh, back in the um, late 80s, they weren't. They were not followers of any baseball team. Not big. Not big baseball guys, but they were into collecting cards, NFL cards, uh, professional baseball cards. But one time he came to me and he said, "Hey, I've got two cards that uh, rookie year of two different players from the Oakland A's." And he said, "One of them's called. Uh, one of them's named Matt Aguirre." <laughs> and the other one's name is Jose Canseco. <laughs> and I said, you're not big on baseball, <laughs> no, are you? No, no idea. <laughs> Jose Canseco and Matt Aguirre. Jose Canseco, so <laughs> the Bash they had Brothers. The, had the rookie cards. They're back-to-back rookies of the year. But, but anyway, thank you. That's a good-looking Jeter card. I've got a lot of Jeter yep. stuff in my office over at Express. But uh, anything I can get Jeter-wise, we yep, like. That's a rookie card there. So yep. the other thing that I did was uh, last weekend we went to Kansas City for the weekend. I had a friend who uh, – yeah, I talk about Gordon Ramsay Steak in Las Vegas as being one of my favorite restaurants, and they opened one up back in October in Kansas City at Harris Casino. Oh, really? And obviously with COVID and all that kind of stuff, it's been kind of iffy, but we, we scheduled a trip to Kansas City last weekend, so I had a food day. I went to uh, Joe's Kansas City, I guess it's called now. It's always going to be Oklahoma Joe's. I always forget that. Right. But uh, had that for lunch. Um, Anthony Bourdain, if you know who he is, celebrity chef who passed away here not too long ago, said it's one of the 13 places you need to eat before you die. I need to go. It was delicious. I, the was. second time I've eaten there, first time I've been at that restaurant, the other time was delivered. And it's inside Harris. No, 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 no. So Joe's Barbecue is in oh, a gas okay. station. Okay. And then for dinner that evening, we went to Gordon Ramsay Steak in, in Harris. So it was good. 
Wasn't as good as Vegas. But I've rarely uh, gone to Harrah's in Kansas City. It's my first time there. I, I normally stop. If we go to one, we go to the one that's on uh, 435 maybe right there on the – They're all on 435. Well, the, the one that's the furthest, closest to Salina. Isle of Capri? No. No, um, I'll think of it in just a minute. They have a station up there, or it used to be station. I don't know what it's called now. It used to be an Ameristar property, but uh, – so yeah, that was that was a great day last weekend. I'm still trying to shed the pounds I gained from that. And uh, I guess in other news, before I get to the story of the week, um, Phil and I are playing in a golf tournament together tomorrow. A little charity golf tournament uh, for uh, raise some money for some cancer research in honor of a. Uh, a couple of women that, that I knew pretty well, and Janet and Mary. So we'll uh, we'll keep you updated if there's any fights that break out or uh, Phil breaks any putters or three woods over his leg. I was telling earlier, the, the people who invited Kevin and I to play in this tournament have no goal on winning this tournament. Well, no, they picked us up. They picked us <laughs> up. So I've only played golf. Now, this summer's probably one of my leanest years of playing golf, and we're sitting here at the golf course tonight. I don't think that I've played five rounds this year. I've probably played and, about three or four. And maybe so. I maybe that'll improve. That could be better. I usually play pretty well when I don't when I sit out and don't play for a while. Yep. So, so uh, we're sitting here at Vandy's having a beer. What's your beer of the podcast here? What do you got? Uh, Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra. You know, it's, it's, don't want to branch out those, too much. Yeah, it's one of those uh, those that are uh, brewed uh, exclusively for Great Life. <laughs> well, I'm drinking a Coors Light, so I'm not any better. So, Well, here, my story of the week is an interesting one. Um, I don't know if you saw the clip on this, but uh, did you see the clip of Nancy Pelosi in the hair salon? I think it was last week, maybe early this week. I'm a very light news watcher, although I did get feeds on this. So you're, if you could just go into the story a little bit, because it would even enlighten me a little bit. I know that she was pretty upset that maybe she had been set up. but <laughs> So, basically, this the story is, um, while they're trying to get all the stimulus package stuff pushed through, you would think that she would be in Washington kind of trying to get that stuff done. But, no, she was uh, out there in uh, Northern California, and uh, she was on surveillance video walking through a hair salon. So, number one, that that property was supposed to be closed, and number two... She was supposed to be wearing a mask. So while she's keeping these businesses closed by not going to Washington and trying to get the stimulus package approved, on top of that, she gets it open just for her and then doesn't wear a mask while she's walking through there. So I thought that was perfect example of what some of the people up there in Washington are, are doing for us right now. We just All ages are allowed out at Vandy's. I just had three of the prettiest girls walk in that I've ever seen. Well, what, my where, wife and two of my kids. Well, let's get them uh, on. Gentry and Annabelle just walked in. Well, and speaking of beautiful, we have the opposite of that with Jimmy sitting here staring Jimmy's at us right now. Jimmy's watching us over his shoulder, but he said he's microphone shy. Yeah, he said he doesn't want a microphone in his face. So, <laughs> Well, we're going to get into some sports here in a few minutes, but before we do that, so I, I know we're not going to talk about COVID too much because I'm sure everybody out there uh, is tired of, of COVID at this point, but... Uh, you have any uh, any stories or you know, any way it's not, affected you over the past couple it weeks? It truly has not affected me. And in all honesty, one of the things that frustrates me the worst about it is um, our elected leaders, whoever they may be, have uh, chosen to pretend like there are no jobs available out in the world. Of course, I'm in the job hunting business. And uh, 
today in Salina, Kansas, and in the Abilene area and in McPherson, Kansas, I can tell you just through my office, there are hundreds of jobs available. Oh, absolutely. Hundred, there's 100 openings at Russell Stover's. There's 50 to 60 openings at Schwann's. Great Plains has needs for welders and, and uh, fabricators and people like that. Um, I mean, the list is Exide is back. Now they've sold to a company now called uh, Stryton, I believe, and, and, they, and they, they're tremendously busy. So all these things are add up to where the COVID is supposed to be affecting companies. Um, and, I, and, and they've, they've extended this $600 uh, package in many states. And, and I feel like it is the most useless uh, waste of money because we could have America back working right now. Oh, absolutely. There, there are so many jobs available. And, and I'm only talking about industrial-type jobs. There are so many skilled labor jobs. There are so many jobs in accounting and, and uh, sales-type jobs that are available that uh, the stimulus should end. We should yep. just get back to work as America. Yep. That's the only thing that aggravates me. Um, yeah, we can so, get into the politics a little bit more. Obviously, that, we have an really, election coming wanna, up. So. I don't really want to get into the politics of it. I'm just telling you, the the amount of jobs out there are tremendous. And uh, in some way, the media has tried to lead us into the belief that there aren't any jobs available. Yep. And it's, 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 and I'm not talking about $10 an hour jobs. These are 15 to $19 an hour jobs that people would have jumped on. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Yep. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Now they act like they're scared of it. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, we can get into that because I have some theories on that. But I'm going to lighten it up a little bit on the COVID thing. I'm going to tell a funny story that happened to me a couple weeks ago. Um, I went to uh, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers here in town a couple weeks ago. Went to uh, order a couple of meals for my wife and I. drive through was pretty backed up, so I went inside. <laughs> so I ordered the two meals. And the lady gives me the two cups for drinks because you can now get your soda drinks because you don't have to actually touch the machine. Well, I wanted tea, and they didn't have tea available there because you have to actually, like, touch the little spigot to get your tea out. So The boss just showed up yep. out here at Vandy's. Yep. <laughs> it's it's time to, uh, it's time to uh, shape up a little bit. We're going to have to yep. stop drinking. So No, so I, I take the two cups, and I said, I actually wanted tea. There's no tea out here. Can you fill up the tea from your drive-through spot? So she said I could, or she could, but I can't hand her the cups. She can't touch the cups since I've touched them. So she asked me politely to throw those cups away, and she would get two new cups and would get tea for me. I said, "Great, whatever." So I go over there. Thank you, Marjorie. Doing <laughs> another wonderful job. So I, I go. I, I she takes my cups. And she turns around and says, well, how much ice do you want in your cups? I said, just whatever is your normal amount of ice that you would put in the cups. So she said, well, why don't you get your own ice so I don't screw this up? And she hands me the two cups. So I walk over. I get ice out of the pot machine. Then I hand her the cups back to get the tea. She fills them up with tea, and I'm looking at her like she doesn't get it. And I said, oh, <laughs> you couldn't touch my original cups, but you just touched the same cups that I got the ice out of. What's different in the last 30 seconds? And she just looked at me completely dumbfounded and had no answer for me and just laughed. <laughs> she, I mean, she doesn't have an no, answer. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the funniest things that I've heard on this thing. My little brother went to a Taco Bell in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Went through the drive-thru, paid, you know, two windows. So he went to the first window and paid. 
pulls up to the second window, and they won't open the window to give him his food. And they point out and tell him he has to have a mask on to, <laughs> to get for them to hand him his food. Yeah. And he said, I, that's why I came through the drive-thru. He hollers at him. That's why I came through the drive-thru. So they finally, he finally, I suppose, uh, gives it up and puts the mask on and says, what are you talking about? And they said, it's the state law that you have to have a mask on going through the drive-thru. And he said, you've lost it. And now yeah. this is like a 16-year-old kid. Yeah. And so the 16-year-old literally will not hand him his food after he's paid for it. Until he, you know, puts, he puts a mask, mask on, on yeah. in the drive But it's it's just this, you know, 16-year-old, what's he going to know? Yeah. And it, um, we've, we're almost training our kids to be idiots, oh. I guess. Well, that's, a, that's for another episode. But I was, had a but, conversation last night about that. Hey, so. there, there's another, I don't know, you, what, sports being back has been exciting for me, of yep. course. And uh, the truth is, I have not got into the NBA this year. No, very little. In, I mean, I'm, in, in all honesty, I probably haven't watched three minutes of NBA basketball. I don't I know exactly one. why. Well, the three minutes that I'm talking about may have been highlights on Sports Center, but right. as far as the game goes, and I know the Thunder made it a little further than they thought. Yep. Their coach is not coming back next year, but but I haven't watched. Any. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Billy Donovan? Yeah. Uh, they don't want him back. No, he he's gone. Want to, he doesn't want so, to come back, and they don't want so him back. So is this the year we finally get Bill Self to leave KU and go well, to that Oklahoma could be City? A, that's a great possibility because I know his parents still live in Edmond. Why not? That Move would on make my there. day. That would be fine with so, me, too. Because, sorry. <laughs> but, it, but anyway, so but I have got into a little bit of baseball. And in the beginning of the year, when baseball started back here, and what are we into about our 45th game out of uh, – 80 game 80, schedule yep. or something like that. They um, the Yankees took off and were just unbelievable. Yeah, ten and two, eleven. Since that time, we've lost thirteen. Uh, we I call them we because I love the Yankees. We've lost like thirteen out of eighteen in third place. May not even make the playoff with a bunch of guys. So for me, my high went high. I was in love with them for a little while, and now I'm so off on the Yankees that I am. Uh, um, I've even quit watching baseball because I've been so frustrated at the Yankees. Well, on on the flip side of that, the Royals started in last place in the division, and I think they're in last place in Major League Baseball. They have remained there, so yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't have cool. any high. It's it's it, they're pretty constant. So oh well. So yep. The, so, the, well, I was. I, I, that's probably my, so far. Sports has been the Yankees, and I love yep. the Yankees. But but I'll tell you what, and let's get right into it. What we really look forward to and what we really college want to talk about football. is college football. Now, we have no Big Ten this year. No. We have no Pac-12 Pac this year. And I it, it, go around the rest of the league and you'll go, hey, but we do have SEC football. We do have Big 12 football. And uh, who else do we have? ACC, ACC football. Yep. Uh, still a lot of good football out there in some of the best teams. You were just saying that some of the rankings in the country were uh, – Oh, hey, can I have one of those? Some of the teams that are ranked in the country in the top 25 right now aren't even yeah. playing. How crazy is that? They come out with the top 25, and half of the teams in the top 25 aren't even playing football this fall. Uh, and Okay, so today I, I heard a story on the radio that said that there's a possibility that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten could play in the spring. Right. So do you wait until the end of spring 
and then name your national champion I have, after those two teams after those two leagues play. So I guess you're going to go back to the poll system like we used to have right, before BCS right. That's because you'd have to there's be. no way when the teams that are playing now are done in December or January go that they're going to wait and play in April again. Well, I'm going to go ahead and declare right now the Oklahoma Sooners are national champions. Just get that uh, out of the way. You know what? Good luck with that. <laughs> but hey, it, it, Kevin gets into, uh, and everyone that listens knows this, that K-State's his team. Yeah. Well, it's funny how the Big 12 saved football this fall for us. That's, what, that's what's funny to me, because usually the Big 12's conference and Bowlesby are the ones that screw it up. And this year, because I, I firmly believe if they would have voted to wait until the spring or not play, that football would not be happening this fall, because right. the SEC and I ACC would have followed. But I they were that, that tipping vote. And so we have at least three of the five power conferences. Let's do this. So uh, it's funny that Bowlesby actually for once made a good decision and, and saved college football for the year. So, so yeah, and then you got the three I don't know if they wouldn't have had a revolt if we hadn't have had Oh, it would have been ugly. It would have been ugly. Have you heard about ticket prices? You know, and it, 25% of the fans can go at K-State. 25% of the fans can go at Oklahoma. My mother and father-in-law have bought season tickets for 30 to 40 years or whatever. They got sent an opportunity to donate the money for this year. Just make a donation because you're good people. Or we'll say, you know, next year we can just go on to next year. But 25% of the people, and it went by donor donor list. Now I'm hearing stories that these donors, say a husband and wife have two tickets, they can go. But now they don't really want to go because the rest of the family can't go. So these tickets are going to go out on open market. So the price of tickets could be doubling and tripling to get to go to a home game if you want to go to a game. Yep. I think that's something that, to keep an, keep an eye on and look. I haven't, honestly haven't looked at that because I'm not planning on going to the K-State game Saturday. Uh, K-State is very similar, 25%. Uh, only season ticket holders can get in. There's zero tailgating, which sucks. Yep. And uh, some of those people are going to want to dump those and, tickets. And you didn't get to pick the games. Right. You got so how they did it at K State. If you were in the premium seats, you I think you got your full season ticket. But if you were in in the in the bowl, so not in the suites and and that sort of thing, where they can't necessarily keep you socially distanced, what they did was you only got a ticket to three games. Yep. You did not get to pick those three games. So if you're not available for one of those games. You're going to have to get rid of that ticket. So it'll be interesting to see. So what kind of a price can you ask for that? Is the face value going to be better so, than ever? Yep. I, I think it, I think if the team wins, yep. it's going to get expensive quick. I think it could too. We were talking about it. I was listening to a po- another podcast today, an Oklahoma podcast, and they were talking about they already are hearing of people saying, we don't really want to go. Well, so I had but a conversation with, with Darren uh, Newshafer last night about this, and we were talking about K-State. And he, he had a concern that, you know, for every fall for 50 years, these people have gone to games. And they don't know any different. They've just always done it. Now they're not going to do it this year. How is that going to affect moving forward? When going back now next those year. people Right. Those people have decided that, you know what, it's actually pretty nice to not have the whole day reserved for a football right. game. And you know what they so, might find out that I've found out over the last few years? I used to love to go to OU games, love to go to tailgate, do everything. Yep. But then when I moved to Salina, I had to miss several games right. a year. I ended up thinking 
I enjoy staying home with all of my friends and watching it yep. in my living room yep. as much as I enjoyed because I just had my own personal tailgate party. Yep. Everybody bring their food. Good food. This drinks, could this could your backfire. own bathroom. Yep. Could yeah, backfire. I think it will. I absolutely think that if they get back to somewhat normal starting yep. next year, I think ticket sales across the country will be down. I believe that's true. So. You know, th- there was a couple of things that um, that maybe we don't think about that much, but. Do you get, does your heart pump hard the first time you ever hear your band walks on at the very beginning of the game? So the band is a big deal to me. That's one of the few reasons I'd really like to go to a live game because when they go, I love it. So and it'll make I almost get tears in my eyes I, every year. The first game I go to, the first game of the year I usually go to, and I'm in the same boat. As soon as that marching band starts running onto the field. I get goosebumps. Yep. I but love that feeling of just that's starting that feeling. the season. But outside of that, staying at home in your own yep. living room with a big party with your friends or even your friend's living room, it's great. Uh, yep. It's great. Oh, absolutely. Without tailgating and all that kind of stuff that goes with it, I'm guessing there's a lot of people that are yep. probably I, – I would guess it's funny because you think 25% capacity, that's not very much. I, I would be surprised it, if they're going to get to that I, I would out be, of the I, gate. I think it'll be 20% capacity. I think, if, I think if you win and you say K-State gets to 4-0 and or something like that, obviously yep. that would mean we'd beat the Sooners, which we'll right. get into that. Right. Or 3-1 and one and, and you're, you've got a good team and you're starting to, to look pretty good. I think you can get to that 25%. But you come out of the gate and stumble – you're going to be lucky to – and I think I saw the athletic director for K-State said he expected about 20% this I, weekend. I would expect at KU, you may have a 10%. They already that's were only 5%, at 25%. Was, that's 5% higher than they usually have. Sorry, KU well, I fans. Hate to give them, I hate to razz them too much, but, I mean, in all honesty, what is your why, – why would you go? Yeah. What, what's your – what's the fun of it? Yeah. The, you know, we went to the OU-KU game last year at, at Lawrence, and um, – I could sit anywhere I wanted to sit and stay. It's a bad yep. weather day. Bad weather had storms roll in right before the game. Oklahoma played terrible. The two guys from from KU really played well because KU does have a uh, good running back. Yeah, Puka. Puka yep. And uh, they got two really good wide receivers, yep. and they played great against Oklahoma the day that Oklahoma played. And Oklahoma played. As a matter of fact, in my life, it was the first time I'd ever seen a first and fifty. Can't remember <laughs> it. First and fifty. I think I remember that. Yeah, first time I've ever seen a first and fifty from the one yard line. Yeah, it's a fifty-one yard line. Yep. First and fifty. Yep. But in, anyway, um, get into the yeah. Let's get uh, into the football mind, season. Get, get, you want to talk about the rankings first? You want to talk about maybe a little bit about your team, about K State, well, uh, and some of the other teams, which I can I can go into a little bit of the whole Big Twelve, where how I like them and some of the players that are some of the better players on each of the teams, which I've only highlighted two or three teams. Because I'm not really going to highlight West Virginia. No. Not really. I'll tell you what I'll do. Texas Tech. I'll, I'll start with K-State. I'll okay. kind of give a rundown yep. of, of what I see at K-State. Okay. A couple minutes. I'll let guy questions, let me know. I'll let you kind of go through OU a little bit, and then we'll talk about the Big 12 as a whole and, and some predictions and things like that. Sounds so, good. Well, yeah, so for my, uh, my K-State brothers and sisters out there, um, it's going to be an interesting season for us. I'll tell you, I really like where Kleiman's going. The recruiting is – Way better than it was Snyder's last couple of years, and and I, as a Royals fan, I always say this, but I think in two years from now, I think K State's going to have a very very good team. We're not there yet, 
Um, looking at offense, we got five starters coming back this year. Um, quarterback's back, which is always a good feeling. Skyler's going to be back this year for a senior season. Um, you could definitely see him getting a little more comfortable towards the end of last year with the play calling, obviously, new offense coming in. Um, he's got to lose the happy feet, man. He, he, he sometimes jumps out of the pocket way too fast for my liking. And uh, if he would have just stayed in there a split second longer, probably would have had an open receiver. Uh, from the running back side, um, we're going to do running back committee again. I, I think we got about five guys that are going to see significant time back there, which I'll get into this a little bit here in a few minutes. But when you got five running backs that are starters or could be starters, that means you don't have a starter. So uh, that could be a little concerning. But I'm going to give you the name of a guy to, to pay attention to. Uh, lots of noise around this guy. His name's Deuce Vaughn. Um, he's going to get limited out of the gate, but from everything I've heard, this guy's the real deal, and he's going to probably get more and more carries as the season goes on. I have a little concern because he's 5'5 and 168 pounds, so that's smaller than Darren Sproles. Yep. But uh, everybody says he's uh, he's making some noise out there at practice. Some of those little guys are legit, but, man, you just worry about yeah. them. Yeah. Because the thing, the thing about them is they – potentially are more injury oh absolutely that's your yeah that's your fear yeah no darren sproles is a once in a lifetime guy there so and then uh from the wide receiver standpoint um you've got we've got malik knowles who's on a lot of watch lists we've got young blood who's preseason all-american as a as a kick returner uh, both of those guys are sophomores so like i said with some quarterback stuff here in a couple years i think they're going to be pretty good uh but but definitely young at receiver so that, that i'm a little concerned about that Tight end, we're good. Uh, we had a, a starter coming back that was injured last year. There's another guy that they're talking about NFL potential. So, um, so I, you know, no worries at tight end, no worries at fullback. We got Barda and Jax Deneen coming back. So the biggest issue on offense for K-State is going to be the offensive line. So we, they like to go six deep. We lost five of those six guys last year. So that is going to be the biggest issue. Um and what I don't know, and, and Phil, I don't know if you know the answer to this, because I've heard different stories, but I've heard that these teams are practicing in different groups. So that, like, there's certain offensive linemen in one group and some in another group, so that if there is a COVID outbreak, your entire offensive line won't be out. We had a sto- There was a story. I heard Lincoln Rowley tell this on one of his podcasts, that they had a group that were out. Yep. One group. Right. And so they did that. They started separating the groups because you can't lose everybody. You can't lose – like at, o- at Oklahoma, right. they, you know, if you look on Oklahoma's roster, you feel like the number one depth place they have is offensive line. Yep. Well, you don't want to lose them all. Right. Then what the hell you do? Right. <laughs> so what's going to be interesting to me in that regard is that first game, there's a potential that a lot of those guys haven't played with each other yet. So are there going to be issues with that? Because usually you've got an offensive line. They have to work as one unit. They have to all be on the same page. If they're not practicing together, that's going to be pretty ugly, especially out of the gate in that first game. So, And especially with when you're talking about five guys that are brand new. Um, i got some concerns about that. I'm not going to lie. Hello, Tom. How are you, sir? Good. Tom Loudis in yep. the house tonight. Yep. To if you him. have one of our fine koozies, he's responsible for those. So, <laughs> yes. If you need nice koozies, call Tom Loudis. 
On the defensive side of the ball real quick, there's not a lot going on there. We lost our D coordinator. He went up to Michigan State, and well, now he's not coaching. How many starters do you so, have, do you know, on it, th- You know, on that's defense. hard because they re- they honestly they, they rotate, rotate so yeah. much. So looking at it, I would say five. So five okay. or six, somewhere in that range. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, I don't think we're going to lose. I mean, Scotty was a good defensive coordinator, but Kleiman's a defensive guy. And so my guess is we're, it's a plug-and-play type of scenario where hopefully it, you know not much is going to change. So well, tell, um, tell me on this on the story, and this is something that maybe I just, it went over the top of my head or whatever, and other people might want to know this, and if you know the answer. You know last year they, they put in this freshman limit, the freshman going to play four games. And yes. still, now this year, is it? I don't. I don't think there's any eligibility limits whatsoever. There's, so basically, any f- incoming freshman this year is going to be a five-year player if they can be. That's the way I understood. Uh, that's it. the way I understand. So now it we as have well. five-year college football players. Yes, which I think is wonderful. But how many guys can play all five years? Yep. But your Adrian Petersons could. Yep. But they'll leave for the NFL if they're that good. Yep. But I I like it. I no, like I do. I, I I believe that is correct. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't put money on it, but that's the way I well, understand it as well. Well, that's the way I well. understood it last night, where they said, "Well, what are you going to do with your unlimited kids? Are your freshmen going to be able to come in and help?" Yep. And he goes, "Yes, everything's on the everything's on the table this year." And I think part of the reason that they're doing that is because of the COVID idea. Right. Keep your freshmen out. If you yep. lose some players, then your freshmen can come in and play, yep. and they don't lose their red shirt. Yep. Nope. I think that and I maybe think that's correct. Tanner would know that. <laughs> Yeah, we got another OU fan in the house. There's two of them now. So, so yeah, looking at Tanner. Hey, Tanner. Got to. I'm going to ask him the same question. This year in college football, or is there? They can play unlimited amount of games as a freshman and not lose their eligibility, or is it still just the four games? Have you have you heard that? Yep. Play all of them. So right? that's so three votes for play all. So into five year players now. Yep. Yep, that's I like well, it. So, well, he's the only uh, other Oklahoma a, fan a, in the city of Salina. A, so, and he's and he's young and he's smarter than me. And uh, <laughs> his wife has uh, bought the uh, dance studio off of uh, Crystal Prestige Dance yep. and uh, moved up here to Salina. And so we got some new blood in Salina. And thank God they were OU blood. And, and just bought a house around the corner from me. So, so yeah, Good looking. People. Going back to defense, you know, I think uh, the strongest part of K-State's defense is going to be linebacker. A lot of seniors in the group, a lot of experience coming back. Um, I do have a little bit of a concern that we've got a redshirt freshman playing nickelback, and we do that. We play that quite a bit. Yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. But uh, the big thing is one of our linebackers coming back was uh, Justin Hughes. So he was the he was going to be a leader last year. Got hurt. I think it was spring practice, actually, and missed the entire season. So got a red shirt, and he's back. Um, so so that should be pretty good. Safeties, I would tell you that I think we probably are going to have one of the best backfields in, from a defensive standpoint in, in, the, in the Big 12 this year. I think uh, a lot of experience coming back. Picked you're, up a, you're talking about your defensive backs. Yep, yep. So I think uh, we picked up a guy that's a senior transfer from Minnesota that played started 16 games in Minnesota, did the uh, the graduate transfer thing. Um, he's I think he's going to be pretty good. And then uh, the defensive line is is going to be interesting for us. So we've got Wyatt Hubert who's on preseason All Big 12 first team mentions for All American. He's on the watch list. There's no doubt what he can do. But if we don't have somebody else on the – because he's going to be double-teamed. There's no right. question about that. If we don't have somebody else on the other end or 
or we can't get any pressure on the quarterbacks, which has been a problem in the past. Um, I don't know how much he can do. I don't know how good those stats are going to look. So somebody's got to step up to help him. But I'm going to give you a name on defense as well to watch out for. Number 29, his name's Khalid Duke. Everything I'm hearing is this guy's the real deal. He hasn't played much yet. We're going to find out real quick because he's going to play quite a bit. Um, but they say he's an animal, and he's going to be starting pretty soon. So named to, to watch out from the defensive side uh, of the ball. So I'll let you uh, maybe talk a little bit about OU, and then we can get into the games this weekend. Do you know, you know what has driven Oklahoma for the last uh, five years? Of course, you're back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back uh, Big 12 champions because of your offense. Um, and and the thing that's kept us from playing in the national championship game every year for the last five years has been our defense. Yep. Now with our new defensive coach, I think we, we're trying to change the gear. Years ago when I was a kid, our, our, our offense was always good, you know, and had, to, had good numbers, run the wishbone, do these things. But Oklahoma football was defense. That was the strength of our – three and out was the motto. I mean, everybody played for that, three and out. We haven't had that in so many years. That Last year was the first year, 2019 NFL draft was the first time we'd had a first-rounder picked in 10 years. So we went 10 years without a first-round pick. Um, and, and they're finally recruiting back to defense. I saw an interesting stat real quick on the OU defense. So they were ranked 128th out of 130th last year in red zone defense. Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> Whenever Coach Stoops' brother gets fired after the Texas game because yep. it was so bad, yep. you, that, was the, that was the bottom falling out right there. Uh, the bottom completely fell out, and everybody knew this defense has to be restructured. Because there's, there's too many games. You remember the year that Baker Mayfield played against Patrick McCombs out, out at Texas yep. Tech, and the final score is like 63 to 60. Yeah. Baker fortunately beat him. But it's because their defense was as terrible as our defense. But if Baker can score 63 in in, in OU years past, you'd have won the football game by six 60, touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, It was so bad. Now, I'm very excited this year. We've got a cornerback named Trey Brown that's coming back, starting all 14 games. It's going to be really good. I like our linebacker core. Caleb Kelly only got to play in four games last year, and he was a heck of a player the year before in 2018. 2019, he only got to play in four games. He's back healthy. Got a guy named Nick Benito that's a linebacker that's supposed to be unbelievable. Ronnie Perkins is a freshman All-American in 2018 and missed some games last year, but he's back healthy. Um, but for me, always the frustration was our defensive backs. The quarterbacks in the Big yep. 12 just light them up, yep. and there's good Big 12 quarterbacks. Yes. I mean, you just – Yep, we'll get they into light that up here a in a lot few of minutes. <laughs> they light up a lot yep. of people. And so, you know, but – I think the front drives that a little bit. Our yeah. front got so poor that there was no pressure on oh, the quarterback, yeah. and they yep. just stood there. So there's, I don't know very much about our defensive line. Listening to Lincoln Riley's podcast, you can hear that our defensive line is going to be much improved. But it has to be yeah. to help the cornerbacks, yeah. to help the defensive backs. The defensive back, uh, Brendan Radley Hicks, is, you know, I think he started every game last year, but he seems a little undersized to me. But uh, – but they got no help up front. Yeah. And so, you know, guys set records on OU defenses in the last, I'd say the last four to five years, but I think it's turning around. Okay. Yeah, and, it, you know, Snyder had – he did that whole bend but don't break shit, and that, mm -hmm. that pissed me off. I mean, it was – He did a good job of it, There's though. no pressure on the quarterback. Great inside and, the 20-yard line. Uh, 
it was it wasn't that good towards the end of his tenure, and that was that was the big issue because we had some offensive talent. Uh, but this whole no pressure on the quarterback, drop back, keep the receivers in front of the defensive backs. When they catch it, that's where we tackle them until they get to the red zone, and then they're going to struggle. And uh, that that drove me crazy. But uh, yeah. Well, so so defense to me, I truly have I have zero I have zero uh, concerns with our offense. I truly feel like two two to three years ago we had an offensive line that. Five guys are all in the NFL now. The best offensive line in the country was named the best offensive – same offensive line coach. Our offensive line is so deep that yep. today there was a thing come out on Facebook. I saw that our average starting offensive line, 6'4", 328, with the pup of the group being an old Shawnee boy by the name of uh, Creed Humphrey that's the center. He's 6'4", 315. He's and, the pup? And he's the pup, 6'4", 315. Now he'll he'll this will be his last year he plays for us, but I think he's another first rounder in the NFL. He's a cent, been a center for us since he's a freshman. He's unbelievable, but we've got every offensive lineman coming back. The offensive line should be unbelievable, which should help a quarterback who is fixing to take his first snap since he's in high school. His uh, his uh, Spencer Rattler was yep. named. A, was anybody in America shocked when he was named the starting quarterback last week? No. You know when I knew he was going to be the starting quarterback? Last year whenever, whenever LSU killed us last year in the uh, semifinal game for, the, for that, what we get beat, 63-28. to 28. The guy that came in late in the game was not Tanner Mordecai. It was Spencer Rattler. I think that was riding on the wall that yeah. here's our future. Well, I, th- I heard a rumor that uh, if if uh, Rattler comes out and plays well out of the gate, kind of takes the reins on that, not that he's not the number one quarterback, but if he falters or has a bad game, you know, he could change it up. But I heard that uh, if that doesn't happen, that uh, Mordecai is going to transfer somewhere. Who Do you know who is behind Rattler then at that the, point? Behind that at that point is another freshman. Okay. And uh, this freshman was a five-star yeah, guy. Sure, yeah. I mean, he's – yeah. It, it, evidently, I mean, they they call they already call Coach Riley a, a quarterback whisperer, and yep. he evidently is not. I mean, he's got three guys in a row that have sat in the front row to get the Heisman, and two of them were Heisman winners, and two of them were first-round picks. I would expect that Radler should come out and do a good job uh, with the offensive line. That helps a lot. Now, running back, I feel a little bit funny about because, um, first of all, I really like Trey Sermon. He went to Ohio yep. State. Now, yep. does he kick himself in the old nuts <laughs> for that? Because now he's not even getting to play yep. football. And then another guy that was there that I really liked and played well last year for us was Kenny Brooks. Brooks. Yep. And Brooks set, set out yep. because of COVID. I, yep. don't know, I don't know what his well, decision was. And then there from. was Stevenson, who was going to be number one at that point. And, and, and there's Stevenson, questions about whether he's going to be he's suspended. Still, uh, he's still eligible at this okay. point. But I'm thinking by listening to Lincoln Riley, T.J. Pledger should be our – and T.J. Pledger, if you look on the back of his jersey, I think it has like the fourth on there. He's <laughs> T.J. Pledger, the fourth. I think he'll be the number one guy with a with a, ki- a freshman kid. Now, a few years back, we were scared about our running back. But I've always said this. The number one recruiter outside of our offensive line has always been Kale Gundy. He's, yep. He recruits better than anybody. He goes and gets running backs. And a few years back, there was a there was a, a law we lost we lost the running back that had set all kinds of records for us, Demarco Murray, and we didn't know who's coming back. And the very next season, here shows up a guy named Joe Mixon and Samanje P. Ryan, 
who set every record in in, yep. in the in the league. You know, so I don't really worry about them. Um, I think offense will be fine. I think they'll still average forty plus a game. Uh, defense is, you know, that's it. Yep. If if they play good defense, I believe that they potentially could win their sixth straight Big Twelve championship. You know, if if the defense does improves to the point of where they Raleigh is hoping they will go to. I'll yep. tell you one thing that's a luxury that Oklahoma has that we rarely talk about. We've got a kicker that was a second team all Big 12 last year. And I don't know how you make second second team when you go 17 for 17 on points and he went 52 out of 52 on extra, never missed a kick, hasn't missed a kick yet. But I heard stories that he hit 70 yarders in practice, which is different than yep. the game, but he still must have a tremendous yep. leg. Uh, and, and those guys were saying – He's literally a luxury. He, yep. he, you never have to. You never have to cover on kickoffs. Right. Yeah. Um, and you'll get that's, killed on kickoffs. That's huge, man. He kicks it through the back of the end zone every time yeah, on kickoffs. That's huge. K State has. We we've always, or I shouldn't say always, but usually pretty good um, from a, a extra point and field goal standpoint. But I don't even know the last time we had a kicker that could even k- kick off to the goal line. Well, how frustrating is it to get beat or to have people ending up back on the 40 yep. or they're inside their yep, own 40-yard line in, in yep. short fields all the time? you got a kicker like this kid, Gabe Brickick is his name. You, he kicks it through the end of the end yep. zone every time. You don't even – I mean, your guys don't get hurt on yeah. kickoffs. Your guys – and you know how many yeah. you know how many special team guys plays yep. on kickoffs. Yep. They don't have to worry about getting hurt because right. they don't have to ever tackle anybody. Right. I mean, it's, he's a he's a luxury of luxury. Oh yeah, yep. So we'll have we're going to record again before the K State OU game. So we'll we'll get into that game a little bit more in our next podcast and make some predictions on that. But uh, game one coming up this Saturday. You guys are playing Southwest, Southwest Missouri Southwest State. Bobby M F Petrino. The, the only thing I can tell you about him is Bobby Petrino is there. Yep, and. The stories that I've read on him in the last week or so is Petrino does uh, has brought in several division big time school division one transfers. I don't know if you could get transfers this late from other schools that didn't play football this year. I don't know if that's possible. Like I just said, Trey Sermon is gone, and, and so he's evidently out for the year. But so, what's your prediction on the game Saturday, score wise? I, you know, I don't see us pitching a shutout i'd like to have said that but i would think that we're going to be in that upper 40 low 50 range in scoring weather should be nice uh i think they'll come out and throw it around and they're going to show off some of these tight ends and h-backs and yep and uh, the my favorite wide receiver that's coming back we have eight of our starters back uh rambo is my favorite wide receiver i think he'll have a tremendous year i don't know if he's as good as dd but not very many are uh, yep um but I do think there's some, going to be some really good wide receivers. So I think numbers on offense should be in that range. In the fifth, and, and hopefully the defense that we're talking about, we can hold a team like this. And Petrino will do every trick in the book. Yep. They're going to score oh, points. Oh, yeah. No, They'll yeah. score points. So I'm thinking yep. a 24 to 50 game, something 50 like that. 50 to 24 is the prediction. We'll see uh, here in two weeks how close he is. So, Well, unlike Oklahoma um, – K-State's opponents, Arkansas State, and they played last week against Memphis, so got a chance to, to see them a little sort bit. Sort of ugly. So, well, I thought it was a little bit um, ugly. They, they play fast, yep. which, you know, a lot of Big 12 teams do. I don't. I think out of the gate, maybe that concerns me a little bit, but uh, 
I'll tell you the one thing I noticed in, in the little bit of the game that I watched is Arkansas State was absolutely horrible at solo tackles. If you got a guy in space, he's gone. Let me ask you a story. I was told that they were not practicing tackling much during this time because they didn't want people doing physical, right. physical. So now you start practicing tackling when you're in yeah. the sixth grade. Yeah. So I don't know why you should still be practicing when right. you're in college. But if you're not physically doing it, maybe the COVID has, will yeah. affect a little maybe. bit on tackling. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of games this weekend. So it's going to – we're gonna see. We'll we're gonna tackles, have a lot bigger yeah. sample size, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that it's it's not gonna be a easy game by any stretch. I mean, Arkansas State historically has has been winning their conference. They're a good team. Um, so my my prediction on the K State Arkansas State game is K State thirty eight, Arkansas State twenty four. And for my uh, again my K State brothers and sisters out there, just a, a PSA, if you will. I don't know if you've been to Manhattan lately, but as usual, the city of Manhattan has decided that football season is a good time to tear up the roads around the stadium. So you might check uh, Twitter and K-State uh, website and those kind of things to see what the traffic pattern is going to look like. Cause it's, uh, but only 25% of the people are going well, anyway. So I don't but know 11 o'clock game, no tailgating. Oh, Everybody's going to get there at the I, I same wanna, time. I want to talk about 11 o'clock games for just one oh, second. Oh, boy. Okay. So that you can get just as pissed off as me. I, I'm a little bit upset about this. Missouri State game is a 6 o'clock game, and, of course, it's going to be for us. And I'm supposing for you, you can get it on pay-per-view. Can you do pay-per-view on your ours first is, game? No, ours is on Fox. Okay, it's on Fox. Nationally so ours, televised. Ours is pay-per-view. The, but then we're off a week, and we, me and Kevin to get in this bye week in a minute. Our next game is K-State. It's 11 o'clock kickoff. Yep. Why? Why is the 11 o'clock kickoff for the first game of the year in the Big 12? I cannot stand 11 o'clock kickoffs. It's no fun. Yeah. It's not fun. Then we go again. We go Iowa State is the next week. Then we play Texas again. Texas. Fans, and only 25% of the fans. It's, it's that one's usually 11 o'clock Traditionally game, been an right. 11 o'clock game. This is a year that they could literally back it up. Right. Give us a give us the six o'clock game. You don't have to worry about people fighting at the fairgrounds because no one's going to so, be there. So let me ask you a question. Do you Would you rather have an 11 o'clock game or a 9 o'clock at night game? I would much rather a nine o'clock game. Than really, that. I would. I would. I, I, I hate 11, 11 a.m. games because for me, I, over the years, I have to drive into the games. You go out and start delegating. I'm not a get up at seven o'clock in the morning person to begin with. Uh, get up to the game, and you only have like maybe an hour to tailgate before. Maybe not even an hour. If I get there at nine, I want to get in by ten to hear the band. If I want to go in and watch yep. the band. I just hate eleven o'clock kickoffs. I don't on mind big them. Games. I don't mind them. I don't like a lot of them, but one or two a year doesn't bother me. Oklahoma got stuck just, with them constantly. Just to change it up, year. mimosas and Bloody Marys. Do a little breakfast on the grill instead of burgers and that sort of thing. Just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Well, so. these are early games though. This is the second so. game of the year. Yep. Give me a later. I just, I just do not. I'm not a fan of eleven o'clock starts. The OU Texas game has always been traditionally an eleven o'clock game because. They don't want the fans drinking all day right. on the Texas fairgrounds and tearing the whole damn fairgrounds yep. up. Yep. I, it makes sense, but this year is an unusual year, and they could change that up. Well, I'm going to apologize to our listeners right now because I'm looking, and we're going to run a little longer than an hour tonight, but we've got a lot to say since we haven't been on here for a couple months, so give us a little bit of slack. But uh, let's move on to our Big 12 predictions. So you and I were talking about this a little bit. Do you have a prediction on the order of finish, you think, in the conference this year? You know what? I, who I like a lot. 
I, of OU. Course, of course, I'm going <laughs> to. Until someone knocks OU off, I'm going to just I would keep agree with that. They're, they're number one for me. Um, just just until someone knocks them off. And I'm not saying they can't be knocked off. It would be a good year for somebody to knock them off. And I think there's three teams that could knock them off. And I don't know what, exactly what order, but I'm going to go this. Number two, Iowa State. I really like Iowa State. Um, and 2B, that'd be 2A. 2B is Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State is going to be really tough. Yeah. In the rankings and looking at people's, uh, looking at where, where people are ranking, running backs, wide receivers, those those kind of things. Do you know most people in the Big 12 say that Oklahoma State has the best running back? Of course, Hubbard oh, yeah. is. Best running back. Best wide receiver team. Depends on their quarterback, but they have the best wide receivers. Uh, and on the defensive line, linebackers and defensive back, almost everybody in the Big 12 said Iowa State has the best on all three. Yep. So those two teams right there, I'm going to say, are two, my 2A and 2B. But Oklahoma State Iowa, Iowa State, State always finds a way to F it up. Yeah, and and you know what? I would love to throw Texas in there, but Texas ended up going eight and five last year. And the guy that's the number one hot seat guy is Tom Herman. Tom Herman could be gone at the end of this year if he don't do something. Yep, and go eight eight and five again, or whatever the record. It can't go eight and five because it won't play thirteen games. But Texas could be two C. Two A B C. That's my yep. top well, four. So it's and I'll let you get to the rest of it. But it's interesting because I have in my predictions OU number one, and then for number two I have OSU slash Texas slash ISU. So exactly yep. the same. So what do you got after that? Well, then I go uh, Baylor. D- played in the Big Twelve championship game last year. I would think Baylor should still be back there. Um, I I would think they're going to be pretty good. K-State went 8-5 and five last year. They could be mixed right in that same spot. But the problem with K-State for me is K-State's got five borderline road games yep. that are going to be tough. They've got West Virginia on the road. They've got TCU on the road. They've got Baylor on the road. They've got OU on the road and someone else. I don't know who they When you get into those winnable games, because, right. I, I mean, realistically, we're not going to beat OU. So – and probably not going to beat Texas. Um, we always play ISU. But, tough, you, you, but is Texas on the road or at home this year? I don't know the answer. To that. I have year. to look. I haven't really have looked at the schedule too the season much. Eight but and five last but year. you want those winnable games to be at home. At home, right? And and, and got we some... we have a horrible schedule because of our away and home games to where we have all those winnable games on the road one year and they're all home the next year. Mm-hmm. So. One year we'll do really good record-wise, and then the next year we don't do so well. Well, I think we're, there, we're K-State, because I put K-State, Baylor, TCU right in the same mix. <laughs> I have exactly the same. Uh, sort of in the same. And the problem with K-State is those games are all on yep. the road. This is scary, because we honestly we have not talked about this until now between the two of us. And so my next tier is KSU slash TCU slash Baylor. So those three, yep. I think, can finish in any yep. any order. And then I've got West Virginia and Texas Tech, kind of at that same spot battle, and, and then obviously KU at the end. So and I that's don't scary. understand Texas Tech in a lot of ways. Texas Tech had such good years. I know they lost their coach to the Arizona Cardinals, but uh, but Texas Tech um, was at a point where they could have moved themselves to the next level, and it feels yep. like they slid backwards. Yep. Now, I do, I'm do. i a little bit excited. If you're a Kansas fan, if you're out there listening, you do have three guys that are really good. Yes. The, Puka Williams is really good. Andrew Parchment is a really good wide receiver. 
and uh, that Stephon Robinson, that's the other wide receiver. Those are three guys that are really good. They yeah. don't know who yeah. Kansas quarterback is. They don't either. They're going to play two tomorrow or Saturday night. They've so got you, two of them you, they're going to play. If, if, if when you've you got two guy, starters, you don't have any starters, <laughs> especially at quarterback. But if you can get a guy that can throw the ball to Parchment and Robinson, yep. they can make plays. Yep. I sat and watched them. Like I said, I went, to the, I went to Lawrence last year and watched them, and I'm telling you, them suckers were – they could play for anybody. Yep. Those three guys could play for anybody. Yep. So what's your defense is so what's your suck. OU prediction for the record this year? Oh, uh, we 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 always screw something up. So if we're going to hopefully end up it's playing, week two. <laughs> we're going to play ten games. I, I I look at it nine and one. I don't know that we, I my my two fear games are Texas and OSU. Um, yep. If. Guys will take care of business. Then I could, I honestly could see this happening. I can see Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State playing on uh, November twenty first against Oklahoma State as two undefeated teams. Whoever wins that and has won the rest of their games, I could see Oklahoma State and Oklahoma playing for the Big Twelve championship again. Yep. Well, from K State standpoint, I'm going to put my purple glasses on here a little bit. I, I'm looking at seven and three or six and four, and that swing game is Iowa State. For whatever reason, we always play Iowa State well and pull it out towards the end. Um, so, I, I've got us losing to OU, Oklahoma State, and Texas. And then I, Iowa State being that kind of swing vote between 7, 3, 6, and 4. I think K-State's going to surprise some people. I think they're going to be better than some people are expecting. Um, but, uh, I'll tell you, uh, who, I, my, my shocker team of the year that could go undefeated, and I'm going to – either make a few people happy or piss don't say people. iowa state no i i think oklahoma okay. state could i think literally go uh, yeah. undefeated i it, when i look at things i'll go osu's got the best running back the best wide receiver yep. now that quarterback ah what's his name um He's brock a, purdy brock purdy no no that's iowa states yeah oh um, i'm sorry oh oklahoma, uh, oklahoma state sorry uh Bra- brayden or brandon or something but yeah. Anyway, well, I guarantee if Gundy's coaching them, they won't be bad. Yeah. But they sh- they sh- rank them like this. Now, their problem is their defense, just like everybody else. But the Big 12 coaches rank Oklahoma State's running backs the best. I said this before. Their yep. wide receiver's best and their offensive line the second best behind Oklahoma. Yep. They're going to be awful damn tough. Well, no, if you put a gun to my head and asked me that second tier, that Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State, if I had to pick one team I thought would finish second, I'd yeah. pick Oklahoma State at this now, point. Now, I've got this little story. I, I, I told this earlier. One and a half months ago, they had a they had a little bit of a breakup, remember? Chubba, yes, Hubbard. Yes, and, yes. So I, I yeah, still the, to this day, I still to this day wonder, is there going to be something – is there going to be something that uh, they don't hem and haul with each other? I hope that's not true, but I don't know. Things could linger. Yeah. Lonnie. Have Lonnie come over here for a second. But th- that's my thing. Is I, I, just, I have a little bit of curiosity of whether or not that could linger into the season. Hopefully they've got everything fixed. But I don't know that everything's fixed. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's we'll your see. Only fear. Yep. That's your yep. only fear. Because Herman's right on page with all of his So players. I'm bringing a gambler over here with us. I've got an interesting bet to make. I want to see what everybody's thoughts are on this. Who's going to score more touchdowns this year? Spencer Rattler or the KU offense? So last year, KU scored 35 touchdowns, and Jalen Hurt scored 52 to give you a reference point. What do you think? 
We got to vote for Spencer. I'm going with Spencer Rattler. That's that's three zero that right the there. That's three zero right there. So, so okay. Well, I guess it wasn't that hard of a question. I thought that that would uh, that would be uh, that would be a little more divided there. So, but you know, we we did look at another interesting thing that I think the Big Twelve did a smart smart deal is their bye weeks are September 14th, which is yeah. next week. Yep. October 17th, which is you know mid season. And then uh, November 14th. And it looks to us like me and Kevin didn't look at everyone's schedules, but we feel like everyone's schedules are the same. They've left open weeks in yep. weeks that people can make up games yep. if something happens. That's a, that's a games, great move. I didn't realize I, that until we were talking about that today, but I think that's a great move. So if you've got a conference game and somebody gets hit with COVID, you can postpone it and schedule it, and you yep. know there's a date that yep. both teams are available to, to reschedule that for. So uh, I don't give Bowlesby much credit. Very often because I think he's an idiot, but that was a good move on their part. So, well, just playing was the best move they made. Well, that too, saving college football. You know what? There was a funny story out there. I looked at the at, in the big, the big, uh, no, the the Big Ten schools, other schools in the Big Ten, and let's uh, you know that's that'd be Wisconsin, Penn State, Penn, Pittsburgh, Michigan, Michigan State. Those those guys. Yep. Nebraska, who wanted to play Iowa. Yep. Now inside the state of Iowa. Iowa high school football is playing, and Iowa State's playing. Yeah. So why is this <laughs> choice made? And then other schools, Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh is playing, yep. but Penn State's not playing. Yep. So these things are very frustrating, and I'm sure it's yeah. more frustrating to those kids than it even is to me and Kevin. Because I well, could give a hell less about the I would Big tell Ten. you the Big Ten, that was a conference decision because Iowa wants to play. Mm-hmm. And Iowa and Nebraska were involved. They were going to sue the Big Ten to play. And I tell this, so come on back, Nebraska. I'd be open to it. And I'd say, Missouri, stay in the Yeah, SEC. we don't need them back, yeah. So. <laughs> but I would take – you know, Oklahoma plays Nebraska next year, 2021. It's the 50th year of the greatest game ever played. Then we play again in 2022. We got a home and home again. I'm telling you, Oklahoma and Nebraska fans are dying for oh, that day. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It was one of the funnest. Yep. I, loved, I enjoyed OU Nebraska games almost – as much as I enjoy OU Texas games, but OU Nebraska was loved each other. Yep. Did they historically did they play on the Friday after Thanksgiving? Yep. And yep. And, and they historically would would uh, decide who went to the Orange Bowl. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yep. So Coach well, Switzer's. Oh Barry. Hey, we need to get Barry on. You gotta yeah, get your uh, father in law to get Barry to to get on the on the podcast. So that that'd get us some listeners. <laughs> Oh, Barry. So, well, we're, we're a little over an hour now, so we're going to try to wrap this up. But uh, I've got any, any parting words from a sports standpoint, from a K-State or OU standpoint before we move on? For Oklahoma, I'm just excited to see their defense. And even though Missouri State's not going to be a great – I'm excited just to see if they change up some of their packages. I'm excited to see if, if the defensive backs do a better job. I don't know that you're going to see that very much, even in the even in the K-State game. I don't know that you're going to see that very yeah. much because I don't think K-State no. will pay enough to. No. But I, if you're going to beat the SEC, if you're going to beat the ACC, if you're going to beat the, the Pac-12 you and the Big Ten, we've got to get better on the back end of the football. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And once we do that, I feel like that I, – I feel like Lincoln Rally is – one to four years away from winning a national championship. Again. I you, think you think he's going to be there that long? 
Yes, I think he's committed to winning at least one. You don't want to leave without winning one. Stoop stuck he's, around for 20 years guy, and only had so. one, but all the coaches before them won one. So, so he's a. I mean, I he's a well-paid. I, I kind of relate him with Kingsbury, where they're he's a young guy and. Oh, somebody's they're going to come call. They're going to come. Fishing. I mean, they already have. I'm sure, yep. but there's going to be yep. some attractive offers that are made pretty yep. soon. So, well, we're going to start a new segment on our podcast to end it, and I didn't give Phil much of a heads up on this, so he doesn't have one, but I do. And we're going to call this one last thing. I got this idea from another podcast. Yeah, I I stole it from somebody else, but. This is just going to be one of our random thoughts that came across us in between podcasts that we want to get out to the world. And so mine, I was sitting around having some beers um, last Saturday, or I guess it was Sunday night for Labor Day weekend, on a deck. Um, I won't name the people that were there. I might tag them in a post. I don't know. We'll see. But so we had a conversation about this, and I don't know if you remember this, Phil. Do you remember the party ball? No, you have to tell me more. Oh, you got to So back in the 90s, I think it actually started in the 80s, but I remember it in the 90s. The little kind of mini keg, Coors Light had one, Bud oh, yeah, Light had yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know you were talking about Little brown drinking. ball. Yep, yep. You had the tap. This is about, what, five gallons of beer, I think, yep. in there. It came in a box, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about. You literally open the box, dump a bag of ice in there. You got a tap, you put it on there, you got a mini keg. How did that not make it? I think that's the coolest idea. I have no idea how that didn't make it. So I'm starting so a, a revolution. So a keg in your back, the back of your pickup at a party. Yeah, just a little one. You don't yeah. have to go put your deposit down for right. a keg and have it delivered with the trash can and all that kind of stuff. You know what probably just, didn't make it because I don't remember ever doing it. I remember them very well. Did you do it? Yes. Yep. I, I don't remember doing it. So... So, yeah, so I am starting a revolution starting today. We're going to bring back the party ball. I want the party ball to come back. So <laughs> Who are we going to call on this, well, Boone Vedrickson or something? Uh, Boone is actually here. He's sitting yeah, over yeah, there. I see so, Boone over here. Um, and I think Pestinger was here, too. I think I saw him. Yeah. So uh, we got a couple guys in here. Maybe, maybe we'll go talk to him about that, and uh, we'll, get, we'll get this going. But, uh, man, I tell you what, it was cheap. It was portable. Hey, Tom. Do you remember the party ball? Do you remember the party ball? Yeah. The old party I'm ball s- that had beers in it. Like maybe. I'm, I'm starting a revolution tonight to bring the party ball back. Oh, man. So anyway, that was, we, were, we were just reminiscing about the party ball, and we thought, we don't know how that, uh, that didn't. Uh, I mean, I, th- I heard people were, like, cutting them in half when they were done and making lampshades out of them. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, anyway. So you're going to see it on Facebook. I'm bringing the party ball back starting tonight. So and surely you can go out and find one. I'll tell you what: if you've never been out here to Vandy's uh, Great Life Bar, completely been remodeled, you just have to come out here to see it to believe it. Um, they got a great shuffleboard. They got a great outside setting area that, that watches everyone tee off on number one, tee off on number ten. Best view in town. Just beautiful. Like I said, on Tuesday nights, it's $2 drinks. Me and Kevin are probably going to end up coming out here and doing several podcasts out here this year and try to bring a few of the guys on and let them talk about the games once the games get going. But but if you've never been out here, you need to come out here and check it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's a a really neat place and uh, good to everybody. And and, uh, the help's good. Great service. Yep, Yep, absolutely. 
and I can't uh, I can't wait to get this football season started. We're going to do a little party at our house on Saturday. We're going to do the pay-per-view. It's $55 for the darn pay-per-view. But we're going to have a kind of a an OU party. And if you're a Petrino fan, come over and you can, you can be a Petrino fan. We don't care, but um, I'm just a football fan. But just, or just a football fan. Come over to the house, drop off, but you may not hear this before then. Yep, when are you going to download this? I'll try Kevin? to get it up tonight. Tomorrow at the latest, yep. so but uh, yeah, so upcoming podcasts, we're gonna we're gonna try to move around like we had planned to do initially. We've got some new bars in town that we're gonna maybe go check out. We've got some new restaurants in town. We'll have to go uh, check them out and do some restaurant reviews there. Um, we've actually got a couple of guests we're starting to line up, so just to kind of give you a heads up on what's coming up. We've got some realtors. I mean, this housing market right now is crazy, so we're gonna have a couple of realtors come on and maybe talk a little bit about what's going on and and. Uh, it's you know a what good they're time seeing? To have so, a house for sale. Absolutely <laughs> is. Absolutely is. And then we've also uh, got a working on getting a, some city commissioners to come on here. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple of them. They have some some issues. They feel like uh, they're not understood very well with the younger crowd in the community. Right. Um, so they're. And gonna, there's some truth to that. Cause oh, I absolutely. Feel like some of the younger people probably think the old people are just running absolutely. Everything. And I think some of them want to change that yep. philosophy yep. and change that thought. So we're working on that. We'll have some of those. But, uh, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to start traveling around. So what we're going to do is we're going to post where we're going to be next. So you guys will, all our listeners out there will know where we're going to be. Come out, have a beer with us. Let's let's talk. If you have something insightful, we'll get you on the podcast. Let's let's see what you have to say. The so. main thing for tonight is thank God Kevin brought me a rookie Derek Jeter card. So that's that's the good news of the night. That was my good deed of the day. So <laughs> and then uh, yeah. So the other thing I was going to mention is uh, Rustin Leonard, who we talked about in the past. Is I just talked to him today. He's going to sign up to be a sponsor again for us this year. That's awesome. So we're going to have some giveaways uh, from from him. Um, we're going to have him on a podcast to talk about some of the things that Thrivent does. But uh, that's just to kind of give you an idea of what we've got coming up. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have some fun, be able to get out this time now instead of COVID, where we had to do yep. it from a basement. So please, if this you, is a uh, lot more fun. Oh, absolutely! And I a hope lot more that fun. next two weeks from now we'll come back and visit with you again. I hope that both of us are 1-0 and going into our first game undefeated, and then we'll go from there. If, if we're not both 1-0, and we may not talk about football <laughs> next next podcast. So, Well, thanks for listening to uh, to our episode. Again, kicking off Season 2. It's been great. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with Episode 2. And uh, like I said, if you have any ideas, let us know. We're more than happy to, to take ideas. And, and uh, if it's a good idea, maybe we'll have you on the podcast to, to talk about it with us. So, Keep listening, share it with your friends, help us out a little bit, and uh, we'll see you again in two weeks. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.